What's really good, everybody? This is the podcast mercenary, the Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, back at it again with another review. And today we're going to review a brand new show, something I haven't done in a while, a new show. And that is none other than HBO Max, and actually HBO Go or now, but it's now on HBO Max. Um, original series based off of DC Comics property, The Watchmen. Now, I heard such amazing things about The Watchmen about a year ago when it was on regular HBO Now and Go, right? And great series, a great movie. I love the movie. Saw it in theaters when it first came out. Uh, as far as the series goes, I was skeptical because I understood this is a continuation of modern times past the 1980s comic book. So it's like still in the same timeline, per se, but apparently not really. So I'm kind of going in this with apprehension but also curiosity but then the reviews came out and it's one of the most like revered shows out there so I'm like you know what I know I'm not going to recognize any of the characters because these are all new characters set in modern settings and was it set in modern settings so let's just get start with the review uh, we start off with an old black and white movie he's playing in the theater and um, it's about the black marshal from Oklahoma I guess like the first black marshal black sheriff whatever you want to call it and it's like a cool movie, but then you hear some murmurs in the background and some craziness like going on. And it's a riot happening. And it's none other than the infamous 1921 Tulsa riots where they burned down Black Wall Street and pretty much demolished the ever-growing black neighborhood that was prosperous in, you know, 1920s America. And it's a dark scene because it's just something straight out of a horror film, obviously. So I'm just like, you know not really happy to hear you know it's, it's just i don't like things like this i mean i it's history i know it and but considering the uh climate that we're dealing with right now in the world it's a very touchy subject for sure um and uh, here we go we are shown this craziness happening of houses and businesses burning down and this little black boys in the theater watching a movie apparently his mom's projecting to the theater and with the black and white movies they have like pianos that play there's they're not talkies they're just pictures right playing uh motion pictures so the mom is playing the music until she has to pick up a rifle and her husband has to pick up a rifle and fight back and they're trying to save their son and escape because things aren't getting better it's getting worse and it's it's a it's a powerful sh uh opening shot for sure so sadly the uh, the small boy's family dies and he's left alone in this carriage that turned turned over, and there's just nothing but him and a baby in the carriage. And not that an abandoned baby, but I'm pretty sure the parents have been killed, and the baby just miraculously survived. I don't know. Luckily, the little boy peeped that and picked up the baby, and then this is where the show starts. And we flash forward to modern day, and we see this white man. I'm presuming he's a redneck or he's some sort of farmer, you know, a country bumpkin dude, with a uh, with a pickup truck with a. Uh, stuff in the back late at night not late I mean 9 p.m. is kind of late for farmers lives so 9 p.m. right he's driving and he gets pulled over um, and the cool thing about the scene was this guy's playing future so it's straight up like okay this guy's from the country but he's listening to trap music right now so it's like all right this dude is down he's listening to you know future bumping future in his car is just funny I, mean, I don't know why it's funny to me I mean everybody listens to hip-hop it's just the unsuspecting kind of people that listen to hip-hop, you know, you don't expect guys in the country to be blasting rap music. You expect them to be blasting, like, country music or something, right? That's just me making, you know, stereotyping. Sue me, motherfuckers. I don't give a shit. All right, so 
here we got, um, he's getting pulled over by a cop, right? And he's pretty much saying that, yay, them, this is my carriage, carriage, this is my pickup truck full of uh, lettuce. I got lettuce for harvest for farmer's markets or whatever. And the cop is a officer with a mask on. Now, here has how fucked up our world is. This came out pre-COVID, right? And the cops are already wearing masks. And it's fucking with me mentally because I'm just like, this is some shit right here. Like, I just got to deal with the fact that, you know, I was supposed to be shocked at why and, and, and questioned this scene. Like, oh, why is this officer wearing a mask? But no, I assume he's wearing a mask because of COVID. This is how normalized this shit has gotten to the points affecting my perception of things. I'm like, wow. Like, imagine if I saw this a year ago when it first came out. I would have been questioning, hmm, it's kind of weird and peculiar to cops covering his face. Because the guy who got pulled over is requesting to the cop's face and he refuses to. So you know something's up in this town where cops are refusing to show their faces? Hmm. Especially with face technology recognition software in this day and age. I'm like, okay, something's up. Something's going up. So the officer thinks that Redneck could be part of the Rorschach team. Rorschach, there's a gang of Rorschach. Kind of reminiscent to like Batman Beyond with a gang of, a gang of Jokers. Like there isn't one Joker. They're all Jokers with a Z, you know, like because they're hood and shit. And um, this guy's got a Rorschach mask. I'm like, all right, so I'm already knowing that this is set in modern times. So Rorschach has already been killed from the comic books. So he probably inspired people with his craziness because obviously Rorschach got arrested and all that stuff. And just like Joker inspired many people to make gangs themselves, there's gangs of Rorschachs out there. The question is, what is their mission? Because Rorschach came off as an anti-hero in the comic books, but obviously the Rorschachs are bad dudes in this modern era. Incar- in- incarnation? I guess incarnation. So, yeah, I'm trying to figure this shit out. And um, he's uh, has to buzz. The officer goes back to his car like he usually does to look up you know, the driver's license information all that stuff. And um, he has to call the radio back at the station to get buzzed to clear to get a gun. Like, apparently... And this day, this is like a gun control, uh, wet gun control uh, enthusiast wet dream, where the gun is locked into officer's uh, dashboard or like right there in the uh, next to the cup holder, and he has to get a clearance to use the gun. I'm like wow! But he has to explain, like you know, pretty much. Hey, the reason I need to unleash the gun is because I feel like I'm, my life is being threatened. I'm like, oh damn, this is some like some shit right here so like you know it is it, it is very powerful because like it's like an elseworlds you know like it's modern day but it's definitely feeling elseworlds and before he can get cleared like as you hear the buzzing he gets sprayed and murked man they kill the officer and I, I didn't explain the officer was a black gentleman I don't know if that was like necessary for me to bring up I just saw an officer but the fact that this guy had his face covered I found very peculiar and he's the black officer in the middle of the country I'm always peculiar with people of color being in countryside because history that's why just history plus also movies nothing good ever happens to the black guy in movies they always end up getting killed whether it's a heart especially horror films but yeah just also because you know number one he's a cop so he's obviously paranoid and everyone hates him and B he's a cop of color so He's got double paranoia on his ass. And third, he found this guy with a mask of a group of gang members that goes out killing cops. So you know what? He would be apprehensive. I should. I know my ass would be too. Especially that this gang is a white supremacist. So do I need I say more? And he ends up getting sprayed and left for dead. So there we go.
before he's even able to whip the gun out and defend himself. So a detective checks on the officer in the hospital. He gets in ICU in critical condition. Of course he would be. And his associate next to him is also wearing a mask. But this mask is different. It's more of a reflective mask. Than, than, it's like a full... He kind of reminds me of Destro from, uh, from uh, G.I. Joe. You know, the Cobra Commander side guy. Like the metallic mask. Because this mask is super specifically like more, more flashier looking. But I'm just like, okay, so I'm assuming all the cops are wearing masks. Now the question is, why? This is not related to coronavirus. This is obviously identities being, like, it's almost like you're not showing your badge, kind of that scenario. So I want to know why they feel threatened so much to the point they all got to wear masks. They're trying to pass the shootout. I say carjacking. He goes to the wife's uh, house of the officer, the guy that got shot. Um, he, apparently, he goes to night school as an engineer. And they're trying to make it seem like he got, you know, carjacked. And this is why he's in the hospital. Because they don't want to spread any negative sounding news of like gang activities because I guess the Rorschachs are a gang and they're anti-police gang. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely leaning towards like uh, libertarian or uh, conservative like fears right here. But then I'm like, no, wait a minute. As I'm learning it, the Rorschachs are actually a gang of essentially um, neo-Nazis, I guess you can call them, or I guess white supremacists. It's, so I'm like, okay, so I'm thinking to myself, the original Rorschach wasn't exactly a white supremacist. Um, uh, maybe i got to reread the comic. I have it right here in my room. Like, wait a minute. He never came. He was an anarchist. I'll say that much. He wasn't for any kind of, you know, but I don't think he was ever against a certain racial group. But apparently these country, country hick folk took his inspiration. And they were probably already like white nationalists or whatever you want to call it or like neo-Nazis or whatever it is that their actual names are. Aryan race, you know. And just took the inspiration with the Rorschach mask because he was a pure anarchy and he represented something to them. So, like, they took this image and made it their symbol, and that way they hide their identity. So, they're moved from clan hoods to Rorschach masks. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of powerful shit right here. Like, this is already getting some political shit, like, from the get go. And it's setting the tone that it's very much a political series because it should be. Because Watchmen was an adult oriented comic book, it wasn't one to shy away from adult topics. And yes, it is entertainment, but it also takes Elseworld type scenarios like what if Nam went our way? What if this went this way? Like that's why the Watchmen world already feels like an alternate universe of things going flip flop instead of like the way they've have over the years and how differently the world that's what makes it interesting, is how differently kinda of like Superman's the Red Sun. What if Clark Kent actually landed elsewhere? in Russia, I'm sorry, Soviet Union back then, and he would have obviously conquered America and conquered the world, because if you had, if the Soviet Union had a a fucking Superman, a Superman, you know, with no soul, that he's just like raised to just be a killer, like, that is the, you know, communist wet dream right there, like the super soldier that like, it's it's like the anti-Captain America, you know, it's like... And it's crazy to like, like, damn, it's like, this is great stuff. And with only like a few minutes into the series already, and I'm already like getting goosebumps. So we're here to talk about the White Knight and the Red Fordations. This is stuff their kids are learning in class. And um, this kid, Topher, apparently his mom is uh, brought it. His mom came in for a parent teacher, no, parent student. Um, parents student uh, career day or some shit I don't know I never had a career day growing up so I don't know how this works I guess it's career day his mom used to be a cop 
and now she's a baker because being a cop is dangerous. And they, this is where the, her mother's trying to explain to the children that the reason the cops wear masks is for their own safety and the safety of their families. So it almost comes to me like the cops feel more like vigilantes than the actual vigilantes here. Like, okay, so now the police officers are getting um, almost like mobs are getting like targeted. Like, so they have to protect their own identities. So that they're going beyond not showing your badge number. They're not even showing their faces because again, facial recognition software. And if they're targeting families, these Rorschach assholes must be a powerful group, not just a small group of idiots. They must be like a very smart organization. We, uh, he picks her son, takes her son away from school. It gets in the fight with this redheaded ginger kid, which is a typical bully trope. Why is it that every bully in every comic book or every like cartoon show happens to be a fat ginger kid? Is it just one of those like stereotypes? Fat ginger kids can only be uh, uber nerds or the bully. They can never just be regular kids. <laughs> it's just one of those things I noticed. But it was it was fun to see the bu- like the bully uh, get wailed on by Topher. Topher is not exactly a, a small fry, but he looks about normal size. But he looks like a kid that's seen some shit. And apparently his mom grew up in Saigon, Vietnam or something, and which is pretty uh, different. Uh, she, she grew up in her formative childhood years as a. Vietnamese, I don't know, citizen, or she was an army base there, but she grew up in, in Vietnam, and this is where she learned some of her baking uh, tricks, and this is where she's getting inspired to open her own bake shop after retiring from the force. So, they go on the road, and you, see, you hear, like, hurricane sirens, or tornado, no, tornado sirens, that's what it is, the tornado sirens, and um, you're like, okay, so there's a tornado warning on the highway, and the cars don't stop. No, it's not tornadoes. It is raining squids. I am not fucking with you it's raining squids i'm like this is some shit right here and then i'm thinking to myself wait a minute in the watchman novel there was an intergalactic space squid that pretty much destroyed parts of manhattan and maybe more of new york so i'm thinking to myself i bet so these squids come from the sky and they're like intergalactic interdimensional interdimensional beings so it's there's a rift in the universe i'm thinking way too far ahead mind you i don't smoke weed but this is definitely one of those shows if I did, I would be questioning everything because every scene is like a bucket full of questions. Like, okay, what the fuck just happened here? All right, cool, got it. Mind you, I'm loving this shit. I am like already a fan of the Watchmen novel. I have the Watchmen movie on Blu-ray. I am big into Watchmen. Why? Because it was like, there was Justice League Dark, yes, but this was darker than that. And when people showed me this shit in like Borders books, yes, I'm old. There, you, I, there used to be a store, kids, called Borders Books, where people would go to buy books. It's like Barnes and Nobles, just more expensive. And it barely lasted. Gosh, it did not last. It, I mean, you, who would pay, let's be honest, 25 bucks for a music album? Back then, when people actually bought albums, like, they never were on sale. Movies were expensive as hell, too. Like, this is definitely the store not for buying media. But if you wanted to buy, like, graphic novels, uh, periodical comic books, the normal things a bookstore holds, a uh, manga, it definitely had all those things. And, you know, just books in general, the books are always on good sales. But whenever it came to electronic stuff like DVDs, Blu-rays and all that stuff, I'm like, eh, I'll just go to like Best Buy or Walmart or Target or something. That's just, you know, that's what killed borders. It's just, the prices were just ridiculous. So... This baker goes to what looks like a college campus. I guess she's opening up a bake shop on a college campus. I'm assuming it's a college campus. It just looks like a historical park. It could easily just be a historical area, and that's where it looks a certain way. There's a man in a wheelchair there. Um, oh, obviously, I forgot to say, um, this woman is a African-American, obviously, because 
I'm a, there's a theme going on here where a lot of the main characters are black and I'm loving it because it's like, okay, they're just regular people like everybody else. They're not like leaning heavy into this whole, like, you know, I know people hate the whole term social justice warrior. Like, Oh, there's so many people of color on TV shows. I'm like, no, they're just regular people. And it, this is not what I, I just hate the baiting. I hate when people like make everything ridiculous like stop focusing on race like I, if the story's good the story's good right and this, these are new characters these aren't the established characters being you know skinned over by different like I hate that whole debate because not to open it up in this one bit it kind of ties in because it is DC when people made a huge thing about like a woman of color being Catwoman I'm like did you not know Eartha Kitt was the original Catwoman like for live action and that right there shuts down anybody who has any issues saying, oh, they're just trying to please the social justice warriors. No, fuck you. That's all I got to say. Fuck you. Because I'm tired of people making it seem like people of color are getting equal opportunities in Hollywood. They're not. That's what they're fighting for right now. That's why there's so many um, – it's shaking up Hollywood in, in a positive way because it's like, all right, you know, the world is changing around us. It is browner. You know, it's not what it used to be back in the olden days. But, of course, this series, taken from an old series, updating it for modern era by taking the same world and just speeding it up to 2020. So it doesn't uh, hit on the racial things until it's part of the storyline because we're dealing with essentially these Klansmen who saw Rorschach as this sort of um, symbol for them. So, yes, race political drama, whatever you want to call this, it's all tied into the actual plot of the story. That's why I bring it up, because it's actually brought up. But I love it that it's not brought up in the fact that the character's like, oh, here's a you know, black woman lead, or here's... No, she just happens to be a black woman who's a lead. And who doesn't love Regina King? She's awesome and everything. I love her in the Boondocks, I love her in Bad Boys, and I love her in this, like... There's probably a lot of things I've seen her in too, but I, those are the first three things that come to mind when I hear Regina King. And um, she's here. She's one of the main characters in the show. I say one of the main characters for now because I don't know if there are other main characters because when I watched the Watcher movie, there was multiple different people and there were point, pinpoints to them differently. So for, for the first episode, she's the only lead I see thus far. So we'll wait and see if it progresses and we get other characters that we focus on. So... Here we go. We're, uh, let's see. So the baker has a, who's, you know, Regina King's character has a, she has a bake shop that's still not open. It opens up in a couple months, but she has used it to be a underground, like, passageway into this, um, what looks like military bunker. It almost looks like a parking garage. Like, I don't know how it all ties it, because, it just it's like a secret passageway to like this police bureau underground meet meetup where they all discuss the seventh cavalry who are the uh, team of Rorschachs threatening cops and targeting their families because they're a group of anarchists who are you know I guess we'll call them neo Nazis to kind of fit the bill and. They're trying to hunt them down before it because they were they went dormant for some time and came back out of nowhere. So that's like okay. So now the cops are like, okay, we need to help. Like apparently she's a vigilante, so she's a baker by day, retired cop by day, and superhero by night. I don't know her code name yet. 
I just know she wears a black hood and she has like black um, like raccoon makeup that like resembles a domino mask, but it's not really a domino mask. It's more like tactical, you know, paint, war paint, I guess you can call it. And so the cops are on the meeting to authorize the guns to like say, fuck it, we're gonna lift the the, um, the buzzers from all the guns because this is wartime. They came back, we gotta be ready. So there's this big meeting with all the police officers and they all agree, like, yeah, you bet your ass we're gonna not take off the buzzers because by the time the officer came back, he almost got killed. He's in the IC right now because he had to wait so long to get buzzed and so many clearances. And it's true, if you're a police officer and someone's trying to threaten your life, they're not going to wait for you to be like, oh, hold on a second, let me just, you know, register to get this gun released so I can use it. No, you got to have it on deck as always. Now, that being said, I'm not here advocating for cops shooting at, uh, <laughs> at civilians right away. I'm just saying if they're shooting at you and you and you got to defend yourself, it is what it is. This is not a stance on uh, Blue Lives Matter. This is not a stance on anti-cop rhetoric. This is just facts. If someone is threatening my life and trying to shoot me, I want to be able to shoot back in defense. That's all I'm saying. That's just like human logic, okay? So politics aside, decipher as you may. I don't have any stances on this, these topics. I'm just discussing the show. See, this is the heaviest show I've actually had to deal with. Some stuff that I really got to like clarify so I don't get misquoted. So... I'm glad that I'm taking my time to be an adult about it and review it because it's just a powerful ass show. I didn't know it was going to be this deep. I mean, the movie was dealing with political things that happened in the past, but now we're talking about things that kind of like touch today's society. So this show came out at a great time considering the climate that we're living in where everything is a little bit like on the nose, but like, yo, it's, it's wild to me how this now is now I guess me thinking what I've appreciated this show more a year ago or now because Back then, I would have been like, oh, yeah, the buildings of things happening. And then with today's, literally today's world, it just almost hits hits home a little bit too much. So that's that's what makes the show good is how much it could not predict the future, but almost like how much could you project reality and make it seem like it's actually, you know, this is a show about superheroes. According to, you know, vigilantes is more than superheroes, but still, it makes itself seem, seem and feel more. Uh, down to earth because it's dealing with real life shit so I, I dig it because of that they're not scared of talking these topics that people are afraid of even discussing without you know cutting each other's heads off so I'm good at that so the authorizes uh, the vigilante girl I don't know her character's name yet so let me just look it up real quick her name is Angela Abar and her cold name is Sister Knight so she definitely leans heavy on the dark aspect of her because you know she's in all black and she she's pretty much like a Batman vigilante type so I get it she wears like a nun's hood I guess you can say but she's got this badass makeup and all leather so it's a practical costume that she can like blend in into normal every day it's almost like an Assassin's Creed hood in the way it looks like it but yeah so this character this is who she is she's a badass complete utter badass and we continue this, but um, she caught one of the cavalry assets in her trunk, and she brought it to the um, police chief, who she's close friends with in real life. They interrogate him for answers. He knows nothing, blah, blah, blah. They're in a cattle ranch. and beat the fucking piss out of him. They just beat the shit out of this guy, and they're like, yes, just whoop his ass. Get them answers out of them. <laughs> but it's kind of gruesome because you see a lot of blood dripping, and like, oh, my gosh, are they killing this man? Like, that's not your typical 
So I think they actually killed him. I'm assuming they got the answers out of him and killed him nonetheless. So as they go to the meeting grounds where these uh, seven cowboy meet up, it's like a cattle ranch. They're there using cows as cover. And my gosh, this scene alone would get Peter livid. Like, I think if Peter, Peter must have had a comment about this scene. It was, it was gruesome because they're using cows as like cover for shooting each other as a big shootout, and the cows' guts are just blowing up left and right. It's just gruesome and vile, and like I'm like laughing sadly. Like, I'm sorry, I consider myself an animal lover, but let's be honest, this shit was funny. Like, it just looked like Grand Theft Auto funny. It was just so outlandish how they were using physical cows is covered like this is so freaking gnarly so the shit gets popping and um they're shooting at each other and then these two rednecks get the damn i don't want to use rednecks i don't want to just label just rednecks these two seven cavalry roshek wannabes there we go i just use the term redneck not as an insult but like you're from the farm life you know you're you're from simple backwards life that's that's what I mean it by. It's just not a derogatory term. I know people who are self came right next, so relax, everybody. They'll send a cancel police on my ass. So anyways, they get these guys with anti-air guns. I'm like, why do they have an anti-air gun? They're flying a ship, uh, a little, like, plane on top as they're trying to, you know, shoot. And it's just wild. Like, this shit is all wild right here. And one of the guys takes a cyanide capsule because he got caught by Sister Knight. And... This son of a bitch died before she can get anything out of him. So we meet the rich English noble in a different scene after this whole happens, some chaotic like action scene, who's very pampered in a creep kind of way. I think it's Jer- Jeremy Irons, and um, he's a playwright. He's really comfortable with his servants, like to the point that they're massaging him in the nude, and he's there just reading a page. It's a little bit too like. I don't want to say Jeffrey Epstein, but it's a little too, like, super groomed, like, chic kind of the way they treat the guys. It's just super weird. Like, a little too comfortable. I, but I, but I, they almost feel like family, though. They don't feel like servants because for his big uh, reveal that he has the play that he's writing, he's talking about it, that um, he has this new play called The Watchmaker's Son. He's going to have his, serv- his butler and maid star in it. So not only are they his servants, but they're also thespians. As um, For those who don't know what that word means, that just means um, actors, like professional actors, those who do plays and stuff and such, you know. And it's a weird dynamic. I'm not going to front. It's just so strange how, like, they're his servants, but also they're actors? I, I don't know. This whole scene just took me out of it. Again, this seems like an Elseworld story. So maybe in this world, this is normal, I guess. It's like, you got to pay the bills. Might as well, you know, become a professional butler, which probably takes years of study to be a butler. No one just gets hired to be a butler. You got to have etiquette training and all that stuff. So here we go. And we're showing this character for a minute. And it goes back to the police chief who goes over to um, Angela's house for dinner. She's there with her husband, her whole family. And then they're talking about the play Oklahoma. Mind you, there is a callback to the Oklahoma um, I guess live play somewhere in the back and in, in the beginning of the show and they were talking about it and they are like how the sheep uh, sheriff used to be the I say sheep chief of police but he's a sheriff the sheriff or marshal let's say marshal there we go because they use marshal for the movie the marshal's there like he's uh, also an actor apparently in high school he's the lead in Oklahoma the play so he starts singing like he can sing pretty decently well this guy he's got some smooth moves and he's like they're like 
you know, entertaining the dinner guests, I guess you can say, with Fizz, which I wasn't expecting at all. And it's just a really sweet scene. And it's short-lived. Because after this, there's this whole thing where they know who Angela is and who her code name is. I don't even know how this gets out because she was dormant for years, but now she's back, you know, helping them out because they need her and her expertise. Now, vigilantes are frowned upon in this modern era. It is 34 years after the original Watchmen um, movie or, or series. Yeah, movie. So that's where the timeline of the show is. Vigilantes are naughty and not to be associated with police officers. That's why she's doing this low-key under the table, essentially. So the police chief goes over, and they're, she's, he's got his wife there and her husband there. They're all having a great dinner. He goes home, and then she's interrupted later on in the scene where she's having a heavy sex session with her husband, just getting it in, just in there getting it in, you know, getting that ass wax. And, <laughs> and um, it's a pretty heavy sex scene. And then all of a sudden, it gets interrupted by a phone call. And it seems to be for her. And it's um, said to rush to her dad's house. And she does. And when she goes, she finds the sheriff hung by a tree. And which is a shocker. Now, I am not aware if the sheriff is her adopted father or like a father-like figure or if the sheriff just happens to be at her dad's house. Because the gentleman under the tree is the black gentleman in the wheelchair from a previous scene right when she was reaching her bake shop. And I'm just like, what is he? Is he just, there's a prop? Like, what is going on here? Like, is he her dad? Like, there was no interaction with them that, that made it seem like they were related. All right, so I took a break and looked it up. Uh, her dad is an African-American man, so I assume. So she's not adopted. The chief is just a boss of hers that she's close with. So that clarified it. But I had to Google it. It's like the show didn't clarify it enough. That's one thing I got to, this is why I'm going to take for the final rating a star off because uh, you didn't clarify characters. You kind of hinted and expect me to know things on the first episode. Come on. You got to be like, hey, dad, how's everything going? Like they do that on CW shows. They do that on Marvel shows. But for this DC, I mean, I call it a DC show, but just this HBO Max series, it, it kind of nudged at it. It's like, a, like you got to pay attention. They're going to miss things. So the show's good, but um, that's my one nitpick. And it's a legitimate nitpick. No clarification on what's who is who and what's happening. But maybe as the show progresses, I can understand what's going on. But I solemnly give this episode a 4 out of 5. It would have been a 5 out of 5, but that seems like a way too high of a rating for a show that had me ask a couple questions where I should have like been a little bit more clarifying. Like Not that I assume that I'm dumb, but I'm not paying attention fully, even though I'm, I'm taking notes as I'm watching this show. And... That's me taking notes. Imagine if I didn't. I would have been a little bit lost. I have to rewatch the first episode again to actually get it. So it is one of those shows you might have, like Game of Thrones, you got to have to watch it once or tw- uh, twice just to make sure you didn't miss any details between the lines of, like, you know, dialogue. And a lot of this assumption dialogue, which is like head nodding and like, hey, finger, you know, snapping the fingers. So yeah, that's my review. Four to five for one of the best shows I've seen thus far and I'm hooked from episode one I want to continue The Watchmen this show was so dope it was like it, it was just lit as fuck I mean the action sequence alone was worth the episode as outlandish and crazy as this shit got it got wild as fuck so like <laughs> it's out there and the mature content and they don't weigh heavily like it's HBO you're gonna see some titties eventually but you know or even dick for the ladies out there or guys I don't judge I'm just saying you're gonna see some naked bodies eventually and there wasn't much of that in this episode it was like in the shadows you can see much but I'm glad that like there was a tasteful quality of how much of it there had to be there it was like pertinent to the scene 
um, because adults who are married at middle of the night would be having sexual intercourse, so it actually makes sense the phone call was that. She could have just been sleeping, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my review. Four out of five stars. Great series. You got to watch this shit. It is so dope. I enjoy this series very much, and and this shit is just like, damn, like, it's a lot more interesting than the movie has been. The movie, I feel like, tried to do way too much into one three-hour film, and with this series, they're letting it breathe, which is the best thing about it. So that's my review for Watchmen. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more because I'll continue watching this. I love this show. And as always, stay safe and take care.